Welcome to Radio Rehab. I'm your host, Dana. If this is your first time listening, we're a podcast about recovery. And even when we're not, for example, when I interview directors and actors and musicians, I'm still a recovering person interviewing those people. If you'd like to get the word out about Radio Rehab, please like and subscribe and join the conversation. Yesterday, we left off with John talking about how his life was becoming unmanageable. He's basically at step one, but he's still trying to control his disease at this part in the story. Let's see how that works out for him and find out how he gets sober. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. I was trying to explain that to somebody who's not an alcoholic. Who recently drank a lot and then was going through, you know, because alcohol is a depressant, so it'll mm-hmm. depress anybody. And then the person the next day was just feeling so depressed and with a slight hangover and going, God, how did you, what, when you were drinking, like, how did you, why would you keep drinking when this is how bad you felt? I'm like, that's why I kept drinking. Because yeah. that's how bad I felt. Like, that's the difference, I think, between a normal person and an alcoholic. Not that anybody's really normal, but, you mm-hmm. know, I like between a non-alcoholic and an alcoholic is that the non-alcoholic will go, oh my God, this feels awful the next day. And the alcoholic will go, I feel awful. I better start drinking quick, you know, to make mm-hmm. to make the awfulness stop. But really it just prolongs the process and turns it into that cycle. Yeah, that was, it was, it was pretty bad. It, it got to the point and I, it was very progressive for me. It didn't, you know, I didn't, A lot of people, I think you said, oh, I took one drink and I knew right away that was it and that was everything. And I feel like it it came in stages where it was, you know, they say fun, fun with problems and then all problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, Near the end of my drinking career, I was I started drinking in the morning. I would I would need to have a couple of beers when I woke up because I would wake up too early and I would have to work that night and just to kind of relax myself and then I would right. be and then I would I would be so hung over and jittery and and at work that I couldn't I couldn't pick up bottles and glasses so I would have to drink as soon as I got there yeah and that still wasn't a problem <laughs> yeah I know I know I remember I I mean vaguely remember when I was basically drinking to stop the shakes and mm-hmm. I remember it being nowhere near an issue yet yeah you know it was nowhere near something I was like like oh the, I have to make this stop this is obviously Mm -hmm. my body rejecting itself you know yeah and years before i got probably probably year or two before i got sober um before i took it serious i remember i would call up the hotlines like the 800 aa hotline and i would just didn't know who i didn't have anybody to talk to and nobody's going to talk to you drunk at four o'clock in the morning but Apparently these people will. So I found this audience of people who would just listen to me. And I did that for a while. And then I remember my very first um, AA meeting was at eight o'clock in the morning. I I had been up by myself drinking all night and all morning. Mm-hmm. And I called a cab and I paid the cabbie. I gave the cabbie like $50. I was like, I need to go to an AA meeting. I need to figure something out. I think at this point, my friend, my co-host, Jerry, he, he was getting sober and I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And he was doing his own thing. And, and so I gave the cabbie like 50 bucks, just wait here for an hour. I'm going to go in and I'll be back mm-hmm. because I didn't want to be stuck at eight o'clock in the morning without any way to get back home, which is where everything that I needed was. Right. 
And I remember walking in there and it was this huge room and there, there, it seemed huge. And it seemed like there was, it seemed like there was a hundred people in there. I don't know how many, but it was a big auditorium. And I just remembered looking around and just, just eyeing everybody and who do these people think they are and what the hell is this? And, and I sat through the whole thing and I hated it and I didn't pay attention. I was so drunk. I mean, I'd been drinking since the night before mm-hmm. and I got in the cab and I went home and I probably passed out you know, had another drink and, um, that kind of behavior. I mean, I, that was, that was the only AA meeting I went to when I was drunk, but that kind of behavior of drinking into the morning lasted for another year, year and a half. Um, yeah. Until finally the, the thing that I guess it wasn't one thing, but I was, I was, dating this woman and we had split up because you know i i was choosing alcohol over her in a lot of ways and um i remember she came over for a visit we hung out for a little while and then she left and oh and so i didn't know she was coming over she asked me i just moved to a place and she wanted my address and she came over and she, as she was pulling up the driveway, I was like, oh, I've got this bottle of vodka. I have to go hide in the closet. Mm. <laughs> and so she comes over and we hang out for a little while. And maybe I think she was thinking maybe we could reconcile or something could could be worked out. And um, she left and I called her and I said a bunch of awful things that I don't remember oh. at all. Like, yeah. at all. Like, I still, I can't find it. It doesn't, I don't think it exists in there. Nope. And, um... It was the devil. Mm-hmm. It was really the devil. And my last drink was that bottle. It was or it was a bottle of Pacifico on the couch in my new house. And I remember I had just gotten this new house and this new job. And I had just destroyed another relationship. And I saw like all the things that I had were going to be gone. I just saw it spinning around me. I saw the relationship. I saw getting thrown out of this house. I saw losing my car because I had gotten pulled over and never got a DUI. I was speeding down these little dirty, dusty country roads and the cop pulled me over and he said, um, he said, have you been drinking? And I, I lied. I said, I said, yeah, we, we did some wine tasting after work and I had been drinking probably a shot of vodka every 45 minutes for the last six hours just to maintain. Mm -hmm. And so he just wrote me a ticket for speeding and he even reduced the, the amount and let me go. Wow. And, you know, I did the eye test. I didn't have to get out of the car. And I just looked at his flashlight. And I guess I must have done the, you know, the one, two, three sober. And mm-hmm. scared you sober. <laughs> it, it, yeah. worked, it worked for that moment. Um, but going back to that moment on the couch and drinking the Pacifico, and I just saw everything gone. I saw the car gone. I saw the job gone. I, I saw the house that I had moved into gone, taken away from me. And I thought I need to, it needs to stop this shit is too much. Mm-hmm. And my initial reaction was, well, I'll just stop for a week. I stopped for a month, like years ago. And uh-huh. I stopped for a month years before that. So, I mean, I'll, I'll do a week and I'll, I'll just clear my head and I'll get the hangover out of me and then I'll, I'll figure it out. And one week became two and three and four. And, um, I and during those weeks, were you just dry or were you just dry to meeting? Oh, okay. No, wow. I didn't, I didn't know Did what you to have do. any kind of a physical detox. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad for me, su- surprisingly okay. so. I mean, I've heard stories and yeah. 
I didn't feel it. It was it was awful. <laughs> it was yeah, it, yeah. it was shitty. It's definitely but not I, fun. But you didn't have like a grand mall. No, 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 no. I didn't gotcha. have any of that. Any of that business. Um, I just remember sitting in my room and drinking club soda and watching TV and just like as long as I don't leave this room, I'll be okay. And that was like months. And then a friend of mine got me to go to a meeting. He's and he had gone to this meeting and he, it was I had moved into the place that he lived and he had left me a big book in the side table. Oh. <laughs> and so <laughs> and I never really looked at it. And so he's finally like, he's like, look, just go to this meeting at the community center on Sunday morning. Just go. I said, fine, I'll go. And but I said, I'm not going to I'm not going to um, I'm not going to set my alarm, but I'll go. And so. <laughs> I know, right? Stupid things. That's so random. So, That's so funny. I'm not going to set my alarm, but I will mm-hmm. go. But I'll go. But I'm not going to set my alarm. But I wake up early anyway, so I think, shit, I got to get up and go. Right. So I get up and go, and I drive down there, and I'm like, if I can't find this place, like I walk in the front door, if, if I can't find this place, I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. If I don't see anybody to talk to, I'm going to go. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to find some excuse for me to get back home. And of course, I find somebody. And of course, they show me where the door is. And of course, I go in because I promise somebody else. I was right. never one to do things for myself that were helpful. It was always like, yeah, I'll come to work because you're going to pay me or I'll do something for somebody because I said I would do it for them, but never for myself. And I remember I remember walking in the room. I remember sitting in the back and sitting on the couch. And I don't remember if I cried there or if I cried after. I just remember being very emotional and like very angry and sad. And I mean, there was a lot of it like. Is this it? This is what I've become. This is what I do now. I sit in a dirty right. couch and listen to old people talk about alcohol, and it's like shit, man. You know, it was it. It was it was a lot, but I went. That, and that couch is filthy. I've been to that community <laughs> center. It is filthy, but I do remember times feeling so low. I actually put my head on one of the pillows. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was like, well, I really don't care anymore, do I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did it that first time, and then it became this sort of. I think in a way it became at first was a new crutch. It was like, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go at least once a week. Again, I didn't have anybody to talk to. I didn't talk to anybody. I oh, didn't. You didn't. So you didn't, you didn't make any, <clears throat> you didn't connections. Did you nope. identify as a newcomer? I mean, I know it'd I been think a few so. months. Or how I long think had it been? Two months. A few months since you drank? Yeah, like two or so three did you, months. So you didn't identify as a newcomer? I don't remember. You? I think I hmm. finally did at one point, but it was really awkward because I didn't want to say, I didn't want people to get to know me. And Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I was worst. holding resentments toward guys who gave me their business card that first day for years. So I was like, <laughs> you don't know me. I don't want, I don't want your, I don't want your business card. Dude, what um, do you think I am? I don't want your help. And so... That went on for many, many months for probably three months. I would just go once a week and I thought that was all I needed and I'd I'd figure it out on my own and I would be fine. You know, there was no, Mm -hmm. I didn't need to talk to anybody. I didn't want to talk to any of those people. I didn't like those people and I didn't really belong there. I was just trying to figure out, I was very skeptical of the whole thing. Right. You know, I, um, and then finally I reached out to somebody and they got back to me way too quick. <laughs> they oh. uh, were like, yes, yeah, we can meet uh, in two days. And I was like, wait a second. I just sent you a message on Facebook. I didn't know you were going to call me on my cell <laughs> yeah. phone of the number I kind gave Kind of more you. of a text person, if you don't mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's really, that's, that's, what it was, that's what it was like. And my attitude at first was absolutely like, 
I was investigating this thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I was, I was very closed off about it. And so I was very suspicious. And so, and that's what I told, I told my, who, the guy who eventually became my sponsor. I said, I'm just trying to figure this out and see if this works for me. I don't think it's gonna, I really don't mm-hmm. think it's gonna, but whatever. And he was great and he was cool with me and he understood and he said, that's fine. You know, if you figure something else out that I haven't thought of, let me know. <laughs> and Wow, that's a good one. You know, and I think he, I remember he he was he said he had me write out he gave me a question as a homework assignment one week and he said he said what is what is your like what is the big problem you have with with god and spirituality and i wrote like i must have written six or seven or eight pages on this one question and i think that's when things started to open up more for me was was writing it down Oh, so it wasn't so much the question, that specific question, as it was the fact that you were getting thought to paper. Yes. Yes. So, and of course, you know, I I was very skeptical of God and whatever that meant too. And so that was a big block for me. And now I'm, now I'm just like, well, you know, whatever, whatever you want it to be, man. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's your own personal thing. Um, but that was the beginning and he was really 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 helpful in just being easy with me because i think if it had been any sort of tough love or you need to do what i say or i think i would have just walked away from it to be quite honest i totally understand that because you know you don't you have to specifically know a person to know what they need and in my earlier uh recovery incarnations before this time a lot of tough love was doled out when um, I was a teenager who appeared tough but really needed love and I needed to be held. And mm-hmm. it turned me so, it just turned me off. It turned me away from the program. Well, I mean, I turned myself away from the program, but it, that that didn't work for me. But this time when I came in, it was kind of the opposite. I'm like, who is way older than me, has a buttload of sobriety, and is going to call me on my shit, you know, like ye- like yell at me, but in a loving way. And, of course, I found the perfect person. Well, and you, you – know. I mean, you told me, too, before that you had – you had gone, you had grown up in this a little bit. And so you had some idea. I ha- I definitely, yeah, because my dad was an AA. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah, I totally, I had been around <clears throat> it and I had seen it. But that also, it was, um, you know, and there's a whole thing about this that we talk about. But that was uh, contempt prior to investigation. And I am the king of that. I mean, my whole life, like mm-hmm. ever since I was a little kid, like I'll tell you about you. And just because I had been in some AA meetings with my dad, by force, <laughs> you know, I'm not like just because I was hanging out when I was like 11 years old. Once it came time for me to need recovery and to get tossed in the rooms, I was like, "Oh, I'll tell you guys about you guys. Here's what mm-hmm. you do." You know, when really I didn't know shit. Yeah, of course, <laughs> I didn't. And it, and it's just every single day, I I wake up and and I'm often confronted with or realize that I that I don't know. Uh, the more that I don't know, when I when I try to learn these things and read books and talk to people. And it's like, God, there's so much in that's I'm only, I'm only three years old or whatever, three and a half years old. And yeah, um, it's, it's really intense and it's really weird sometimes, but it was, it's like, I mean, it's the best thing. It's the best decision I've ever made. 
Thanks to John for being my guest on Radio Rehab. And thanks to you for listening. Be sure and check us out tomorrow. We will be talking about gratitude and you'll get to witness two alcoholics helping each other get into service work. It's going to be awesome. Thank you for listening. Keep coming back.